Welcome to Getting Goosebumps, The Power of Storytelling, the weekly podcast helping you to craft stories that inspire, entertain, and convince. Each week, listen to leading industry experts, from top marketers and CEOs, to producers and writers from the entertainment industry. Learn how to elevate your brand message and spare your audience into action. Hello and welcome to Getting Goosebumps. I'm your host, Brian Adams, and this week I had the pleasure of talking to David Archer. David is an American theorist, consultant, a specialist in marketing, focusing on brand strategy. Uh, he's also the author of several books, including Archer on Branding, 20 Principles That Drive Success, and Brand Relevance, Making Competitors Irrelevant. I recently approached David for an interview after spotting an article he wrote online talking about signature stories and signature storytelling. In this interview, we delve into the power of signature storytelling, sharing why a narrative is often far more effective than facts. We talk about drawing people into the story through a great narrative, and David teaches us why signature storytelling is separate to other forms of story that simply aren't strategic. In this episode, I confessed to not hearing about signature storytelling before now, and David put my mind at ease, letting me know that he'd only recently made it up. David guides us through why understanding the key values of your organisation is essential for devising a strategic story, and he advises us to dig deeper and start asking questions about our organisations to craft stories that really reflect who we are. In this interview... We delve into various techniques, tips and tricks that David has crafted over many years of professional storytelling for business. So without further ado, here's the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Well, hello and welcome to another show, everyone. This week, I am very pleased to be joined by David Archer. Um, Hi, David. Welcome to the show and thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. Now, David, I'd like to ask you to uh, introduce yourself to, to the audience and just give a, a brief background, because I first came across your work only a few days ago in terms of a paper that you published about, about storytelling. But can, can you start by just giving us a, a flavor of your background and your expertise? Yes, uh, I uh, left the University of California about 15 years ago to join Profit, where I'm now vice chairman. It's a, it's a consultancy that deals with uh, brand strategy and uh, related matters. Um, about two, about 20 or 25 years ago, I got interested in brands. As, and I, I became convinced that organizations need to build assets and spend less time worried about short-term financials. And so my, my goal was to help them build brand assets. And that's what I've been doing. And I published uh, six or seven books on that subject and uh, and done 250 blogs under davidocker.com and um, and worked with my firm to help companies do that. My last book is called Ocker on Branding, and it's sort of a, uh, a condensation of a lot of my ideas on branding. And I got interested in stories about three or four years ago because a key element of uh, branding assets and management is to communicate, you know, your your strategic values, your strategic um, you know, uh, mission and and so forth to customers and and employees especially, and uh, there there's a, a you quickly figure out that stories are a good way to do that. So we developed this concept called signature stories, 
And that was the subject of the article. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I saw on um, California Management Review. Um, and it, it really intrigued me, David. Could you, um, could you give you a flavor of, of, of what a signature story is? Yeah, that, um, I can start with a definite. We have a pretty rigorous definition. Mm-hmm. It's, first of all, a narrative, which means it's not facts. Uh-huh. I mean, people say, I'm going to tell you my story, and then they list a bunch of facts. Well, <laughs> we're not talking about facts here. We're talking about once upon a time narratives. Uh-huh. We're talking about narratives that are intriguing. That means they capture attention. They're interesting. They're informative or something. Uh, they're authentic. That means they're not perceived as phony or something just for selling you something. That they're involving. That means they draw people into the story. Um, psychologists call that, uh, you know, transporting you into the story. And um, and very uh, specifically, it has a a strategic message, and that makes it separate from all kinds of other effective stories. Its its aim is to develop clarity uh, around the values and mission of an organization, to enhance those values and missions, and to inspire people to want to connect with you as an employer or as a customer. Mm, absolutely, there's quite a lot of ingredients there. It'd be great to touch on on those a little bit more, David. I've I've spoke to a lot of people about this, and um, from what you're saying, it's certainly in, in line with such other other aspects, such as uh, Robert McKee, for for example, who I've had on the show a couple of times. Everybody I've spoke to about uh, the purpose told story within the sort of business and marketing um, arena touches on empathy in in different ways. David, what where where do you see? Um, the importance of empathy playing in, in the signature story and, and how do you you use it as an ingredient um, to to resonate and get the attention and, 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 and seem authentic? Well, um, I, the, the concept we've chosen to focus on, and, uh, and there's a lot of uh, ways to, to word this, but we've talked about being uh, authentic, and that means that you're perceived as, as not being phony and not being a, a, a motivated by selling. And and to do that, you know, you have to have empathy. You have to connect with the audience. We also talked about being involving. And unless you are empathetic, you're, you're, you're unlikely to be really involving because that represents a motivation of an audience member. Yeah, okay, okay. So it's interesting because... Um... I think the word authentic conjures up different meanings to di- to different people. Um, and then when you talk about looking and finding stories with, within a business, um, quite often the authentic stories, they certainly don't start in the marketing department, do, do they? You know, where, where would you recommend looking in a business for these, these authentic stories? Well, it turns out there's eight or ten places you can look for them, but um, there's some that come to mind. Let me give you a couple of examples of a signature story. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be easier in that context of example. Uh, in, in 1976, in a Nordstrom, which is a clothing store in the U.S., mm-hmm. a Nordstrom store in Anchorage, Alaska, a, a fellow came in with two used tires and said, these tires don't work anymore. You said you'd give me my money back. Please give me my money back. And the clerk, who had only been in, in there for a couple of weeks, you know, thought about it, and he actually gave him $132 money back. 
even though they never sold tires in that store. <laughs> and um, and that it, it actually actually happened. It's not just a legend, but it really says so much about the empowerment of employees at Nordstrom's. It says so much about their their customer orientation, and it says a lot about their guarantee. Now you could factually talk about those three things, but it's much less effective. And and the remarkable thing, I mean truly remarkable thing is you can go to virtually any audience in the United States and you ask how many people have heard the Nordstrom story. <laughs> and usually about half, 50%, plus or minus, raise their hand. Wow. Nordstrom hasn't talked about that story ever. <laughs> and, and, and that's a story that's 50 years old. Yeah. And half the people have heard the story. And, um, and that's, uh, so it not only communicates, but if it's strong enough, it has a knife. So let me give you another example. Uh, a guy named L.L. Uh, L. Bean in 1912 was duck hunting and got his feet wet. <laughs> he decided he would, uh, he would design a new boot with leather at the top and rubber at the bottom. And, um, and it worked so well, he decided to sell them. His first batch of 100 uh, leaked. So he made the very tough decision to take those back and return their money, even though he could ill afford to do that. And he subsequently improved the design so it no longer leaked. And today, 110 years later, that's one of the best-selling boots on a major uh, outdoor clothing company called L.L. Bean. And what that story tells you... uh, is their their passion for the outdoors. It tells you about their spirit of innovation. It tells you how they stand behind their products. And ironically, it tells you more about the boot than if you listed uh, some of the eight characteristics of the boot and how great it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually does that implicitly better than a set of facts. So, so here you have two signature stories. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, and so one comes from employees. Yeah. One comes from the founder. Mm-hmm. But but you can have uh, uh, sources of stories that come from all other places, from the customer, from programs, um, from um, a, a charismatic transformational CEO, um, and and uh, and there's a you know half dozen other kind of sources you can get. So you. You have to look in a wide variety of places. And um, what would your advice be, David, if to any startups that are listening to this, there's no track record, they want to be authentic, but actually appreciating the value of storytelling, they want to transform um, their marketing message and storyfy their marketing. What, what's, your, what's your advice there if you're starting from scratch? Well, I think you have to you have to start by knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. You have to fundamentally have values. You have to have fundamentally have a strategy, which means you have to know your value proposition. You have to know who your aud- audience is, and uh, so get some very basics about about running a business and uh, and having a strategy. So if you if you don't have that, it's pretty pointless to try to find a story that will communicate something that isn't there is too fuzzy. 
So it starts there. You have to have a soul. You have to have a heart. You have to, you know, you, you have to really stand for something besides making money. And then you have to look around and find out uh, what story will will represent that for you or what set of stories. And uh, some people do things like having contests. Like, for example, an oil company in the U.S. had a contest among its employees to, uh, to try to, 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 to nominate the best person or the best program that best example, exemplified leadership, partnership, and trust, which were their three key values. Mm-hmm. They got 350 you know, submissions. They got some brilliant signature stories, and the winner got to go to the infield of the Indy 500 and watch a, a car race. Um, and there's been contests with customers that, uh, you know, what's the, the greatest application of, for example, Skype, which you are using now. Uh, Skype has, has asked people for uh, their uh, most fabulous stories. And there was one, for example, of a, of uh, two girls that were born without left arms that connected. Uh, one is in Indiana and the other was New Zealand. They connected via Skype every day for five or six years and they finally met in New York. And uh, a video that recorded that relationship got, um, got millions and millions of views. Uh, so there's a case where you went out and asked customers very formally and kind of a with incentives to, to give us your stories about how you use our, our offering. Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's brilliant, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, Skype is just a bit of technology, but it's, it's the people that use it that create the stories. And I guess, David, it, it's um, very familiar to business uh, using the concept of case studies, like proving a track record and social proof that um, an organization can, can add value. But it, it's funny how many case studies are not told um, in story format. Uh, is it a case that largely uh, an issue with, with marketing or internal communications that we're not storifying or, or humanizing um, uh, a set of events, therefore not leveraging the full, the full value? Uh, and if, if that is the case, what, why, why do you think that is the case? Well, I think it's the case because, uh, you know, if people have a communication objective, the efficient and the logical thing to do is to set for a set of facts. Yeah. And the, and the most ironic thing of all is people will be asked, tell me your story. And they will respond with a set of facts. Uh, and and uh, But the, the fact that the power of story is becoming more uh, known and uh, over the last five years, there's example, and all these uh, editors and reporters that are losing jobs at newspapers are going to work for companies and being story curators. And they're helping uh, companies develop stories because they realize that's, uh, that's what they need to do. And uh, so I, I think we're uh, seeing more stories, but then the, the, the other difficulty is it's difficult. It's hard. It's hard to come up to really powerful stories, and it's hard to manage those stories so they continue to live. Um, you know, if you, you say, I want a story like Nordstrom's, 
uh, well, good luck. I mean, it's just not easy. So, uh, so it, 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 so one thing is, it's it's not their inclination, and second of all, it's not their natural inclination, and second of all, it's difficult, and third of all, it involves skills and 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 so forth they don't have. Yeah, and of course that's why they're hiring these uh, writers and editors to try to to uh, to get those skills. Yeah, but you have to still marry them with the with the source of the stories. Yeah, and I guess you need the awareness to start looking for them. And once you think that way, I guess they're easy to to, to spot. Um, but for those out there that do have case studies, maybe not just from marketing, but you know, a set of circumstances that you know are constantly uh, described and, and trudged out to communicate something. Have you any advice to turn a set of circumstances or a bland um, traditional case study into uh, an engaging story? Well, I think you and your listeners can answer that question a lot more than I am. Uh, my contribution, such as it is, is to uh, – take the power of story and put it into the context of communicating strategic messages. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, uh, you have to evaluate the story. And incidentally, one problem of story making in organizations is you have too many of them. Right. Okay. Uh, and so you have to manage, uh, you may have dozens and dozens and people get overwhelmed. And as a result, they don't use any of them. So that's a that's another uh, that's another issue. But uh, um, anyway, what was your question here? Well, I'm interested if because I come across a lot of businesses. Sometimes it's in a marketing department. Sometimes it's um, in HR departments where they're trying to attract talent to a, to a business. And you might describe a circumstance, like what it's like to work somewhere, or um, you might talk about a, a previous um, client's success. But uh, typically, these aren't told in story format. And I was wondering if you had any any advice there. Um, and it, but I guess you know you make a good point in terms of sometimes there's there's lots and lots and lots of stories. So so let me let me ask you this, David. Um, how how do you recognize the difference between a strategic story and just uh, a story which communicates a basic benefit of, of an organization? Um, it well it goes back to your understanding of what your org- or what your brand or what your organizational values are. I mean, what's the bedrock thing that you stand for that uh, that sort of inspires you, inspires your employees, inspires your customer to have a relationship with you. Um, if the only goal you have is to make money and your business strategy is to sell more than last year, then, then, you know, you, you don't have anything worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, it just starts there. You just need to ask some basic questions about your organization. I should say another thing that, uh, people as individuals, whether in their personal life or their professional life, could productively develop strategic stories of their own mm-hmm. as a way to help them uh, determine what's their direction, what what's their core values, and what do they stand for. And it's a it's a great vehicle to begin to to uh, to get the, that information if you if you lack it. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and something you touched on earlier um, with a with a good purpose told story, there's the opportunity to pack quite a lot of facts or points or key bits of information into a short, um, memorable uh, device, if you like. Um, how um, how important is is the the sort of approach to storytelling from from that point of view? And if, have you any advice? Well, I, I I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Okay. Uh, okay. Most of the power in a story will come from uh, uh, from the from the implications of a story. Mm-hmm. Not that you hide your eight facts in some kind of story form. Okay. That defeats okay. the whole purpose. I mean, if if you want LL Bean's story tells you by implication about the quality of that boot and the function of that boot. Okay. And and it, it, there's no facts worked into the story. They don't talk about the the iron sole or the uh, stitching or the quality of the leather. That's not part of the story. And if you make it part of the story, you're, you're you know, first of all, you're kidding yourself. And second of all, you're defeating your purpose. So, uh, you know, if you look at, and, and again, I'm sure you've covered this before, but if you look at why are stories persuasive, there's really two main reasons stories are per, per, persuasive. And one reason is that customers or, or the audience discover facts for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And if you discover facts for yourself, instead of somebody telling you those facts, you, the learning and the memory and, and the effectiveness are much greater. Yeah. The second thing that reason stories work is there's no counter arguing. <laughs> when when I tell you a bunch of facts, you say, "Yeah, but a lot of other boots have quality craftsmanship. A lot of other boots have good quality material." And besides, you, of course, you say it's good quality material. What else are you going to say? I don't. It's, even if it wasn't, you'd say it was good quality material. But if you tell them the story about LL Bean that we got his feet wet and built this boot and and it's been selling for a hundred years, um, there's no counter arguing. I mean, you, you don't. Why would you counter argue? It's just a story. Absolutely. So yeah, I think it's a fantastic so, quote. Yeah. So, so what you don't want to do is to uh, in, entrench on this authentic dimension by trying to squeeze in some facts. And if that's your goal, it, it will be self-defeating. I think. Yeah, no, I think, do you know what, I think that's a, a brilliant way of looking at it, David, and and what's interesting about what you're saying is, um, in the absence of those facts, actually, the audience comes to their own conclusion, so, you know, by way of telling that story, it's like, oh, so so they must be great quality now then, because the integrity behind the maker is such that we'll give you money back if it's, if it's not good enough, or... Um, by conveying the values of the organization, you, you make certain assumptions. Um, is, is, is that basically it? Well, no. I mean, it, again, it's not, we're not trying to communicate the fact that we have a money-back guarantee. We're trying to communicate the fact that from the founder's day onward, yeah, the, the, value the values of this organization yeah. was, um, first of all, passion for the outdoors, and an understanding of the outdoors and, and what a brood would have to take to be successful there, mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, he, he's going to stand behind his work. Uh-huh. And uh, um, so anyway, it's it's more of a, 
uh, you know, it communicates, you know, values. It communicates passion and communicates emotion. And uh, that's so much more powerful than fact. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think communicating your brand values, a higher purpose behind an organization is is in- incredibly powerful. Um, David, you mentioned um, as one of the sort of ingredients uh, or elements of a signature story, you mentioned uh, attention earlier on. Um, I think it's getting more and more difficult to um, demand the attention of, of an audience. So could you just articulate how you how you would uh, structure a story, or what what, what you think the, the sort of uh, the key principles of getting the attention of your audience are, um, be it with um, a story or a, a, any any brand message? Well, um, you you have to have something that's really intriguing, and you have to be lucky. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I you know, um, go to uh, <coughs> YouTube. And look under Life Boy Soap. Life Boy uh, Soap. Life Boy Soap. And the the program, Help a Child Reach Five. And uh, there's a, uh, uh, or put put in Tree of Life, the Tree of Life video. It's a three-minute video that tells the story of a, uh, of a, a small village that introduced the Life Boy a wash your hands program to prevent uh, disease that is 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 preventing a lot of children from reaching the age five. Wow. It is so powerful, so emotional, and uh, the uh, uh, the fact is that uh, this video got 11 million views, and a companion video got 19 million views. 19 million views, and so. That is an intriguing thing. People aren't going to pass that on if uh, if, it, if it wasn't intriguing. So, um, I mean, it's just a powerful story, and it's so well done. And uh, it, 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 you know, it, it's sort of the Academy Award of of three minute videos. And then you ask yourself, you know, why did that get 19 million videos? It wasn't because Lifebuoy spent, you know, 30, 40 million dollars telling people to look at this video they spent nothing but it just it was so powerful that it got passed on and 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 if you look at that and you say okay let's let that be a standard and then you look at the nordstrom case mm-hmm. how can half of america know about that story today 50 years later when nordstrom never tells the story yeah it's 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 incredible and i guess one of the sort of elements of the, like the sort of holy grail um, of branding and marketing is having your audience, your customers, tell your story, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, do, do you think that? Do you think again? It comes down to having that higher purpose and being authentic to what you stand for and your brand values. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you should have a higher purpose, and I observe that most companies do have a higher purpose, and a lot of them take it very seriously. However. Um, um, I mean, the the more accurate thing I think is that any story, uh, you know, needs a subject matter that's meaningful, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a higher purpose, but it uh, it has to be something that's meaningful to people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not going to be intriguing. It's not going to be involving. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And and just going back to um, your your concept of a signature story, um, would you agree that one of the the sort of tests for a true signature story is whether whether it can resonate with your customers, your suppliers, your employees, you know, right the way through a business? Is the idea that it really is a, a sort of a compass of an organization in terms of what you stand for? Well, there's two dimensions of a story to be effective in this context. One, it has to have a strategic message that clarifies, enhances, inspires, you know, as opposed to a tactical message. But two, it has to be a good story. It has to be a narrative, not fact. It has to be intriguing, authentic, and involving. So it, it, it has to be effective. I mean, you can have a story that's uh, very bland and nobody's going to be interested in it. Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to talk about it. So it also has to be a powerful story. There has to be a, you know, a, a, you know, some point of, of tension. There has to be, it's all the, the, the normal factors of a story that you talk about. Brilliant. Fantastic, David. So, so finally, David, um, tell us a little bit more about, um, Arca on on branding your your latest your latest book then uh, because I wrote I wrote uh, I've written about six or seven branding books and they were get to be a little bit overwhelming so the Arca on branding is kind of a distillation of the best ideas from those books and uh, and then I, I also blog davidarca.com that uh, every week I talk about some issue in branding or strategy um, and and the the objective of both of those is to sort of put forward the, uh, the methods that building brands are, uh, are important. They're a good, uh, uh, good substitute for just focusing on financials. And, uh, and there's a lot of techniques and tools you can use to actually do that. Fantastic, fantastic. It sounds like it's uh, very worthwhile following following that up and, um, and following, following your blog. Can you just tell us your, sorry, your, your blog again, David? It's uh, davidocker.com. It's part of the profit uh, organization's uh, social media network, and uh, um, and and so anyway, <laughs> and profit of course has an office in London as well. Okay, okay. Do they have a, a, a website? Yes, profit.com. P r o p h e t. P r o p h e t. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, David, thanks so much for your time today. It's been um, fascinating talking to you. Uh, I think the concept of a signature story is something that will resonate with um, with our, our audience. So, um, so thanks again for for talking to us. Okay, my pleasure. Fantastic. Well, that's it for another week, guys. Uh, please do join me again uh, next week for more uh, storytelling insights. Uh, but for now, that's that's it. See you next week. So that's it for another week. But before you go, don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And for a chance to win a copy of our best-selling book, Getting Goosebumps, simply subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or tweet us your thoughts using hashtag Getting Goosebumps. Would you like to pick the next guest? Let me know who you'd love to hear on the show by emailing me at brian at ph-creative.com.